0: He wanted to arm um, with your headgear. There! Put the fucking is around here, you bunch of fucking crybaby? Don't hate me, bro! We have such to well, can you close? <laughs> A new world order, pan emerge. A new era. A new era. entitled need Snowbird That land over there is yours. Because your cause is right. God is on your side how's it going another post void post today is uh march 30th 2021 and uh yeah so figured been trying to you know uh keep my head afloat with all the uh you know uh, it's weird it's funny politics have kind of almost gotten a little uh little boring recently you know Uh, everything's kind of gotten into a lull as we as we kind of expected with joe biden i mean actually i uh predict some of that might be changing soon i've heard rumors of there uh being whispers of there being an economic collapse coming soon i mean you know that's been talked about ever since they printed that two trillion dollars about a year ago But, um, yeah, people say that, uh, we might have a a day of reckoning coming this April. So, uh, yeah, I guess, um, you know, make sure your money's in a correct place or something like that, you know, maybe, uh stowed underneath your uh your mattress for a couple months you know who knows maybe it will be, even be like Russia and it doesn't matter if you store it because you got to burn it to stay warm <laughs> anyways uh that's that's for a uh different topic at a different time and I'm actually not too well versed in that either way so uh yeah I'll, I'll save that for some other podcasters I am coming here with actually a um personal experience that um I had it was it's very interesting. It's um, a specific park that uh, I've been meaning to visit. I've now visited it twice, and I still have not found why. Um, the, I still have not found the location that spurred me to travel out to this spot in the first place. Anyways, um, so I guess. I would uh, implore you to go back and check out my episode thirteen, all the way down at the very bottom. You'll see an episode. I brought this episode up a couple times in past podcasts. It's uh, my episode called "Gnome Gnome Man's Land," and it's a uh, it's, it's one of the reasons why I'm very interested, actually, in this type of subject. Um, it's funny because you know, 2000, uh, 2012, everyone thought like even the people that were into the paranormal are like, dude, you're really you saw gnomes i mean they're like like people like just were like you're you're absolutely this is crazier than bigfoot you're insane but now it's kind of a pretty popular subject like people there's a lot of people don't really know what it is you know i've heard people even go as far as to say oh yeah like gnomes and martians are the same thing because they're like little green men you know but um I, i i to, to uh very quickly summarize that episode what I saw was not a little man with a top hat running around the woods. What I did see were these unexplainable huts that were made out of, at least they were made out of tinder and kindling, very small, thin pieces of wood, um, and and th- there were probably about the um, half the width of a pencil, each of them, or even smaller than that. And, uh, and and there was maybe about like 500 of them on each hut. There were about six huts and they had like a pine thatchel roof to it. It was in the middle of a rainstorm in the spring, sudden rain. None of us had cell phones on us, which is also a very odd fact. And, um, but I do have two friends that will testify to seeing this. And, um, also just the fact that, um, there were these weird rocks inside the huts. And and then we went back a half an hour later and they were completely gone. Not a single shred of any of these twigs on the ground. It didn't, it didn't even look like it was swept. It looked like nothing had happened. Nothing was there. It looked like, you know, just a regular, regular forest ground. It didn't look like anything was out of place when we went there half an hour later. So, um, all right. Now on to the... Now, so obviously after this incident, um, I, I've been very, very interested in this type of subject, you know, I'm like, alright, like, uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe trying to chase to see it again, or something like that, or maybe, you know, just, just keep my eyes open, I'm, I'm, I'm an Eagle Scout, so I'm fairly familiar with the woods, and I've always had an interest in that as well, too, so, um, yeah, uh, there's this. I can't remember how I came across this. I think actually I was just randomly Google searching, um, ancient sites or ancient Native American stone sites, because there's a ton of them all around Massachusetts. Funny enough, actually, I found out that my workplace apparently disturbed one. <laughs> yeah, where I work, where I am actually right now, you know, during my break. Um, I could probably look out the parking lot and uh, see where a stone site used to be. Ooh. All right. Well, um, anyways, some of the highest clusters of stone sites in the state is in Foxborough, Massachusetts. Yep. Foxborough, Massachusetts, the site um, of Gillette Stadium. Uh, everyone everyone knows a Foxborough Gillette Stadium there's actually Mansfield which is um the Comcast Center the big amphitheater where you know all the major live bands play we're only about 5 miles away so this whole area actually is a hotbed for um major like the, uh, major amphitheater entertainment it's there there are periods of time well i mean you know previous to 2020 where during a weekend, there would be thousands upon thousands of people in Mansfield where it would actually, like, if you were to count how many people were in that location, it would it would multiply, it would be larger than the amount of people that live in the town itself. So, and this is a week, this would be a weekly thing, you know, because you got, you got events going on at Gillette Stadium, you got events going on at Mansfield. So, I've always thought of this area as, as very interesting as well, too, that there's so many of these Native American sites. And... You know, maybe it's something to do with the energy in the air that, you know, or, or maybe it has to do with the fact that it's nice flat land that they could build these amphitheaters on. Actually, I take that back. Um, uh, um, the Comcast Center is built, like, on a cliff. Yeah, it's uh, so actually, I, who knows? Maybe it does have to do something with the unique um, layout of this area and its history. So, in Foxborough State Forest, um, also known as F. Gilbert State Forest... There is a large, all right, so the whole forest is extremely bizarre. Uh, The first time I went, I didn't realize that I had um, accidentally parked on the wrong side. The side that does not have any documented stone sites is the more um, popular entrance. And that is, um, it's their main entrance. If you walk in through that way, that's where you see everyone walking their dogs. It's a, still a great hike. Um, when I, for one, on the um, the incorrect side, the main side of the park, I did notice that I'm walking around and there's all these boulder fields. There's, you know, glacier boulders, like boulders about, you know, mm, like half the size of a car, half the size of a four-door sedan, maybe. And they're just everywhere. And there's these trees growing out of them. It looks almost like somebody had walked through this area a hundred years ago, did boreholes into the rocks, where you're going to hear me mentioning boreholes again, did boreholes vertically into the rocks, placed a tree like seed or an acorn, and it grew out of the boulder and then cracked the boulder. And there's... you, You walk 10 feet, you see another one. You walk 10 feet, you see another one. It keeps going and going. And I'm like, this is... This is insane. I'm like, you know, I could ride this off if this happened once and I was, it'd still be, you know, a cool rock in the middle of the woods. But this is like, there had to, I counted, there had to have been at least like two dozen of these type of rocks in a three mile area. And it was just insane. So, all right, like when I saw that, I'm like, okay, this is some, that's something strange. That's something not normal you see. And I don't think it's coincidence because of just the sheer rate of this weird tree boulder thing going on. And um, so then I, this is the first time I'm I'm in there, um, I'm walking around and I noticed that there is a uh, giant swamp that's blocking the path and there's no way to go around unless I was to run through the middle of the woods and it was already like, you know, five o'clock. So I turned around uh, one moment. I turn around and go home. So, uh, then now I'm looking at the map and I'm like, okay. Um, I, I was down at my buddy's place again. I knew I was going to be driving by Fox to get home. This was last week. So I was like, all right, I want to make sure I get on the correct side. And I look it up the map and I notice that there's this, um, radio tower and it said that there's a parking area there. So I'm looking at it on Google Earth, and on Google Earth, it looks like a dilapidated, like, factory or something. And I was thinking, I'm like driving, I'm like, you know, I had to take a turn, a random turn off of Route 1, and then drive down this weird road. So I'm thinking, I'm like, I'm probably going to freaking, my car might get stuck in here. I'm like, God, jeez. But then when I pull to take the turn, it looks nothing like what it was on Google Earth, or Google Maps. It is a freshly paved road, like the the nicest paved road it looked like it was paved like this year and i'm like whoa okay i guess i'm, I'm guess i'm driving in the right spot you know like i guess i'm you know i feel a lot like more confident driving down this road now it's freshly paved and i'm like why is there a freshly paved road leading to like native american stone sites in the middle of the woods and this was like a two mile long road so I'm like, alright, and I start seeing people with their cars parked off this side. I'm like, alright, alright, I guess this, this side of the park is pretty popular too. And then I get up to the radio tower, and it is not your average radio tower. I'm gonna I'm gonna have a couple pictures I'm gonna put into the thumbnail here. And this is going to certainly be one of them. It is um I I, I want to get the name of it right, but I want to say it's the like Southeastern Massachusetts Emergency Communication Center. It's like CMAC or something. And it, the building looks like it is, it is the nicest, one of the nicest, like freshly looking federal buildings I have ever seen. It is in the middle of the woods. It is so weird. It looks really fancy. It looks almost like a college dorm. Like, looks like a brand new college dorm. Like, rather than a federal emergency communication building. But, it still had the old radio tower. It had, like, a radio tower from, like, the 40s. But the building looked like it was made in 2000. To, like, 2020. Like, it looks like the building's brand new. So, I'm like, what the hell? And there's this, um... Fictional podcast I listened to called uh, Tanis, or at least I used to. And the whole premise behind this podcast Tanis is that there's this radio tower in the middle of the woods next to a Native American site. And I'm like, so I had to post it to that group. I posted that group, and everyone was like, "Oh my god, you found Pacifica Station!" I'm like, "I know. I think I might have found like the Pacifica Station of Massachusetts. It's really weird." So, uh, anyways. So, I'm geeking out. I'm like, why is there this crazy building, like, where I'm supposed to go? All right. All right. The high strangeness is rising. Okay. I'm a little more high strangeness near. And, like, uh, so, um, I keep walking in. Now, I'm, I'm, like, looking around. I'm like, all right. I'm looking for these stone sites. I'm looking for, like, weird rocks that don't make any sense. And I instantly start finding them. So, uh, this whole area is a, is a large boulder field. And... And it's like a cliff, boulder field type thing. Like how I was saying how the other side of the park is. But actually the uh, the geography is way more uh, intense. It's cliffs and really it's actually a beautiful view of this trail. Like you just get beautiful views off this trail walking on this other side near the radio tower. And um, first thing I noticed was this rock that it was resting on two really tiny other rocks and you know so I'm looking at it I'm like I guess maybe somebody could have like put those two rocks underneath that big boulder and then dug out the boulder but I'm like still I'm like how come the sediment didn't rise over that like you know and I'm like, all right, maybe that is like an old uh, Karen. I believe they're called C-A-R-I-N, Karens, like the, the the rock stacks that you see on the top of mountains sometimes, or maybe in the middle of streams, like people like to make them. So I'm like, all right, this looks like a Native American Karen. So um, I keep walking. And now, oh, I almost forgot to mention, the whole reason, the whole thing that I'm trying to look for is called a prayer seat it's this ring of circles with a stone seat in the middle of it and um i was not able to find the prayer seat um i'm probably gonna make a part three where i do when um i do find it but I asked a couple locals and none of them knew that um, there were Native American stone sites in this park, which I was like, really? Because it's not advertised. The park is like, what's on all the placards are like um, colonial watering holes, which is also very very interesting that there's these like little man-made reservoirs everywhere from like the 17 and early 1800s. Like they look very interesting. It's really cool. Like you keep walking, you find these weird little watering holes. So it's like, you have like Native american stone sites next to like 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 colonial freaking foundations and stuff it's so it's so hard to sparse but you're like just know you're in the thick of it you know and um so i couldn't find the prayer seat i talked to a couple locals and they did say oh yeah that there is this stone circle that's in the middle of the woods you have to take like a off the beaten trail path and it's about like two three miles into the woods that way and i'm like all right, again, it was starting to get a little later, so I'm like, I don't think I can make it down there this time, but at least I know where it is. So I'm like, I'm gonna check out this other side that apparently, again, does not have any stone markers. But I, I saw this cliff, and I'm like, hey, that cliff looks kind of cool. Let me walk over to it. Now, this is where the story gets strange. So I walk over to the cliff, and the first thing I see now, I posted this picture on Facebook. One of my friends said, "Oh, it's possible that the tree grew around the rock, but the rock's on the side of a cliff. It doesn't make any sense. The rock would have tipped over off the cliff if it was pushing the tr- if the tree was pushing it. So I see this giant stone monolith. It had to have been at least like seven feet tall by like five feet wide, and it looks like a massive stone slab resting against a tree on the side of a cliff. And I'm like, "What the? No way. I'm like, I'm looking at this thing." there's a, like a borehole, like I mentioned the boreholes, there's a borehole that's like straight through this rock too. So, you know, I'm thinking, I'm like, oh man, this thing's so strange, but maybe some farmer came along like, you know, a hundred years ago and drew a little borehole in it just to mess with people. But I'm still like, what the fuck? Like this thing's crazy. So I'm baffled by all these rocks on the side of this cliff, which look, like man-made, chiseled, but no, almost look like I'm I'm looking at like something monolithic. Like it's like I'm like, how did this rock get here on the side of this cliff? There's no way a crane could have put this here, and and I don't. It does not look like nature cut this because there's perfectly flat lines, like symmetrically flat lines. This thing is a rectangle. I'm like, what is up? So I'm baffled, and I'm walking back, and I see a family. I see like the uh like a group of family, like you know like a two small kids and like you know, it was like two two like two sets of parents and like four kids and I see him like walking away from the cliff so I mean you know I'm all feeling all happy and like oh hey guys like you know a oh, beautiful day out and they're like yeah 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 and then the kid says something to me he's wearing a mask so he's like oh and he's like kind of quiet and meek and I'm like excuse me like what'd you say and he's like oh be careful I just made a fairy house up there and I'm like uh what what did you just say like out of the blue, this kid was just like, Oh yeah, I made a fairy house up there. Be careful. Like, you know, make sure you don't tip it over. And I'm like, um, a fairy house. And he's like, yeah. And I like look to his dad and his dad just like, like he's wearing a mask too, but he kind of like gives me a little wink. And I'm like, yeah, I've, I've seen those before. I've, I've seen those before. And the kid kind of looks at me and he's like, like a little gawk too. We kind of lock eyes and I'm like, uh, who am I talking to right now? <laughs> I'm like, am I talking to a freaking, like, indigo or, like, star child or something? I'm like, what's up? What is this? I'm like, oh my god. And if you go back and listen to my No Man's Land episode, one of my hypotheses is that I say, oh, maybe there is this kid savant building these in the middle of the woods. Like, so, but then it kind of crosses between the two. Because I'm like, how the hell did this kid know about the importance of this rock? where nobody else in this park knew that there were these native american shrines here but yet this kid knew to say to me that he built a fairy house on the top of this cliff While i'm on this cliff being like how did this massive rock get here am i looking at something that's oh my god it was it was the synchronicity he could have said anything else and i wouldn't have like been like but he's just said the one thing that i'm like oh my god I can't believe you just said fairy house and that you just said you made one uh, and I couldn't find it. I actually couldn't find it. I kind of went looking a little bit cause I wanted to see if like, you know, it was just like a little teepee with sticks or if it was something like I had seen in the past and I, I couldn't find it. You know, I'm almost kind of glad I couldn't find it. I didn't want to disturb it, you know, but, uh, yeah, yeah, it, I would have, I, I went going in not expecting to have some sort of uh, connection to my gnome story I was just going in there kind of looking for, like, I I kind of almost, I I honestly wanted to meditate on that prayer seat, (laughs) like, and take off my shoes and meditate on that prayer seat, but, uh, yeah, oh, and also, I found a really cool vernal pool with, like, hundreds of frogs, it was really, it sounded awesome, like, I didn't know, not know what I was hearing in the woods, it was like, (laughs) I'm like, whoa, what is that, and I get to the top of the hill, and I'm like, oh, those are a bunch of frogs, and, like, yeah, I, like, sat and listened to the frogs, too, and then went home, so, yeah. I figured I would share my story of F. Gilbert State Park in Foxborough. And if you ever find yourself, I don't know, early for a Patriots game, you don't feel like tailgating or, you know, just happen to be driving through the Foxborough area, check it out. Check out F. Gilbert State Park. It's a very, very beautiful, very interesting park. And um, I would recommend parking up by that radio tower because it is an official parking spot for that area. And, you know, a lot better views on the other side. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to do a part two. Maybe I'm going to mix it up and not have the other um, part of this be paranormal, but thought I would definitely share that story. I mean, <laughs> it's uh, certainly some, uh seems synchronic to me, or synchronicity, synchronotic, I don't know how to say that. Anyways, yeah, on to part two. <laughs> One point that I forgot to bring up from the last discussion, which just kind of sparked in my head as well, too, and I didn't even realize this until I just listened to my to that last recording. The entire epicenter of that story revolves around a boulder, a glacier boulder field. And uh, <laughs> I don't know if you know about, like, the what people say about boulder fields but like uh yeah it's it's pretty well known in the paranormal community that like that is the no- boulder fields and caves it's boulder fields and caves and it's like it, it um a lot of um scientists like even scientists trying to prove these um anomalies that are located around this area are located around boulder fields and stuff like that, weird mounds, will often um, attribute it to quartz deposits, and actually the paranormal attribute it to, po- um, paranormal folk attribute it to quartz deposits as well too. Um, scientists will say that it's, because quartz does vibrate, that's a known fact, that quartz is a solid, but it actually is, has a constant vibration, and that it's scientifically claimed that, somehow these quartz deposits which will just stay in the ground it's not like a resource that we mine really um these quartz deposits will resonate with the center of the earth (laughs) which is like thousands of miles like anyways like so uh yeah like that's the scientific explanation with these like weird anomalies triangles. Uh, there's two notable triangles I know of in Massachusetts. Um, funny enough, the location that I am coming from usually when I visit this, the, the forest I was mentioning is Bridgewater and, um, Bridgewater triangle. The Bridgewater triangle is very well known. Uh, if you ask anybody that's a local in that area, they will say yes, like, you know, or at least like the townies will and, um, Bridgewater Triangle, what it is, is it, it's essentially like a Bermuda Triangle, kind of, of solid land in Massachusetts, it's a little sliver, it's, a, it's actually not a perfect triangle, it's more of like an, uh, uh, like, what was it, um, obtuse, or whatever, like, triangle, um, it, you know, it looks more like a, like a pointy arrow, and if I recall, it's like, one end of it is Rehoboth, Massachusetts, which is, like, a literal, it's like Rehoboth and Freetown, where like Freetown is like a forest. Like Freetown doesn't even exist. And, um, it, which is odd too, because it's a forest that's like borders Rhode Island. And then like you cross over that area and you're like in woods. And then all of a sudden you're like in like, I think Woonsocket. Like, you know, it's like really strange. You're like, it is it is actually only like 10, 15 miles away from Providence, Rhode Island. Yeah, it's Rhode Island's very odd because of that. It's like, you drive into Massachusetts and boom, there's the town line. But like, um, yeah. So, um, the Bridgewater triangle, it's known for being a hotbed of paranormal activity. You have to say it that loosely. Cause there's like, and it's like, a, and these are reports from people that like often do not want to make these reports. You have to bear in mind, Hell, I'll even say with mine, like, I actually, you know what, maybe I I am an exception to this because I find it interesting, but most people are like, I don't want to fucking have to talk about this, but I'm going to have to talk about this. Like, you know, like they don't have any, there's no positive for them to come out and talk about these things, but they just need to because it's like the same as witnessing a crime, but you're like, I witnessed something I can't explain. Um, there's like reports of everything from numerous amounts of ghosts and such, um, this is, this is in the area, I should say, of Rehoboth, Freetown, Taunton, um, Brockton, Bridgewater, West Bridgewater, and, like, uh, I'm forgetting one, I want to say maybe Middlebro, and, like, um, it's, it's, so it's this, it's this very, kind of, relatively small area in Massachusetts, and hotbed for ghosts, hotbed for UFO sightings, like, even back in the 70s and stuff, and I'll, I'll, I'll bring that up again in a second. Um, also like freaking Bigfoot sightings, like in Massachusetts, like we, like, these are again, people that like, do not like hell, if I ever saw a Bigfoot, I don't know if I would like tell someone. Cause I'm like, ah, uh, like, I'm just going to sound like a, like, no one wants to come out and say that, you know, aside from like maybe one dog trainer in Oklahoma, anyways, <laughs> that guy's really funny, Oh, um, oh, yeah, the Bigfoot dog trainer guy, you know, like, uh, claims he got raped by a Bigfoot, <laughs> anyways, anyways, um, who, uh, I think his name is Kane, yeah, a- a- anyways, so, um, I digress, the Bridgewater Triangle actually is to be taken pretty seriously, because of the fact that, um, I believe it's ha- hammock, like, Hockamuck, Hockamuck Swamp, um, which, Hawkamuck Swamp is about five miles away from Bridgewater. It's actually like, you're in it, you're in it. If you're in Bridgewater or Taunton or anywhere around that area, it's actually, all those towns are circling the swamp and it's a state forest. If you look at it from Google Earth, it doesn't really look like a swamp, but it's, it, it's a swamp because of the fact that at certain points of the year, um, the soil will turn into a vernal pool, you know? Um, so Yeah. Hawkamuck Swamp is named that because the Native Americans named it, and it's in um it's either Iroquois or um uh maybe Algonqu um Algonquin, it might be Iroquois or Algonquin. Um in their languages, Hawkamuck means like dead dead bodies. So (laughs) it's literally like the swamp of lost souls, like the swamp of dead bodies. And Apparently, as the lore goes, is that, um, and I learned this actually in high school, is that there was a massive illness, plague, that swept that area before the colonists came in the 1600s. It's speculated on the fact that possibly um, a European um, explorer had landed on, not Plymouth, but somewhere else um, it's oddly enough funny, the, the closest land point is, pl- uh, the closest um, coast is Plymouth from this area. So, odd, maybe, actually even Plymouth. It could literally be that another set of explorers landed at Plymouth and then interacted with, went deeper in, and interacted with the Native Americans around Hockamuck Swamp before they started the Native Americans. Like, maybe the, this this would have to be sometime around the early 1500s. 1400s 1500s like right right around columbus uh, maybe before there is some uh, evidence of there being nordic and viking settlers in the area but actually too funny also nordic and vikings are actually known to be cleanlier than <laughs> than pilgrims and english explorers yeah they so there's actually an argument maybe they did not spread illness either way so hokamuk swamp had a mass everybody died everybody died from some sort of illness there so like and that was a large community of Native Americans there I believe their tribe is lost to time and so from that point on all the other surrounding Native American tribes are like we don't even go fucking through there like every like that is... Like, they were worried about, like, souls coming up from the water and grabbing them and shit. Like, so... Like, like literally, like, with that. what's that movie? Like, what's that... What are those several movies made in, like, the early 2000s with, like, the, uh, the lady coming out of the water and grabbing your, your arm or something? Yeah, um... I'm not lying. Like, that's part of their lore. They're like, we are staying away from this area. So now it's highly developed. And at least, like, n- that's the Bridgewater Triangle. So... Like there are houses right now and like still moving in on this swamp. So it's like not only a native American, it's, it's like a native American taboo land. Like, I feel like that's even like worse than like saying, building something over, um, a native American stone shrine, like my workplace anyways. Um, <laughs> Oh, all right. Um, I'm going to pause it again. I wanted to bring up this really cool story that I have of, um, oh, also, before I pause it, there's another triangle, apparently, in New England, and it's called the Bennington Triangle, and it's in Vermont, and it's, it's, um, uh, located near Bennington, Vermont. I believe Bennington, Vermont is off of Lake Champlain, about halfway up. Um, I've never been to Bennington, but I've drove, I've driven by it. So, yeah, um... Yeah, also I would recommend that one too because that's a very picturesque area. I love I love Lake Champlain, and also they got their own little cryptid as well too, Champy. Yeah, which um, I believe Champy is most likely a massive monster freshwater eel, but <laughs> um like like at least what was spotted and that like the freshwater eels in I believe they have freshwater eels in Lake Champlain. Also, people say too that it was a um lay, land uh land law. Lo- it is a lake that was once open to the Saint, um, uh, the Saint Lawrence, which the Saint Lawrence is Bracky water. It's a, um, the Saint Lawrence channel, uh, you know, it's what's like, uh, Quebec city and Montreal are off of, I believe. Um, I I believe it actually connects to even Toronto and then runs into Lake Erie. Um, but it used to be saltwater and like, Lake Champlain used to be connected to it, and then somehow, like, the land got broke. So there's actually a pretty interesting, um, argument to be made that Lake Champlain might have some sort of, what we would consider, a cryptid, like, a physical, actual animal that's, like, we have not documented yet. But I, I think it's probably just a, uh, a big old meaty eel that, <laughs> you know, that got to, like, anaconda size. Yeah, but, so, um... Yeah, I'm going to go on to part three, and I don't think I've brought up the story yet. If I have, whatever, we're in part three, so I don't care if I repeat a story now. But, um, yeah, it's about Westboro State Hospital, and, yeah, my urban exploring there in the past. Anyways, here we go. So... Alright, I might as well regale this story. I don't think that, um, I'm going to try to make this as anonymous as possible. I know I already said that um, I am a character in this story. So, eh, you know, I guess I'm kind of, uh, I, I, it's trespassing, yeah, but, you know, I also did it, like, f- four years ago, let's just say that. Um, <laughs> place is getting knocked down. It's getting knocked down anyways come on um it's getting knocked down and it's very interesting that it's getting knocked down because i know the history of massachusetts and i know the history of their mental institutions and also i know the history of how the nazis kind of started doing that after we started doing that so hmm. <laughs> all right um yeah it's hey surprise surprise Oh, I'm calling Massachusetts the epicenter of eugenics again. Oh, yeah, alright. This is literally the sub-premise of my entire podcast series. So, uh, yeah. Um. (laughs) Someone's having fun out there. Um. (laughs) Someone's burning out their freaking motorcycle out there. Alright, anyways. Um. So. Yeah. (laughs) Send it. Anyways. Um. on, I'm sorry, I have to, like, make a little laugh about what's going on outside, because I'm talking about some really dark stuff, and it's local, all right, um, on to my urban exploring story, so, yeah, me and, um, another friend of mine, let's just call him Jay, because, uh, Jay is actually a good friend of mine that has passed away, and he's, ...does not know this person that I'm talking about... ...but I'm just going to place Jay here instead... ...because um, I will do it in a service... ...where if I'm going to use a moniker... ...I might as well use a moniker of a sadly passed away friend... ...that is unrelated to this other person. So anyways... ...me and Jay are... Um, ...Jay, he's he's into urban exploring. He loves urban exploring. And he knows I'm down for it too. Because you know what? Actually, uh, for episode 100... ...I was saving my poltergeist story... And I know I have not said it on this podcast yet, so I am saving it for around uh, around a hundred or so. Might as well, you know. Um, so, and it's a good poltergeist story. Uh, it's one of my favorites. So, um, me and Jay, we have a good um, understanding of urban exploring, and he has a honey hole. But here's the deal. It's Westboro State Hospital. Now, Westboro State Hospital is still somewhat active. It's extremely peculiar. To to this day, there is a juvenile hall that is on the far end of the property. This state hospital is about five miles, like, it's like five miles, five square miles or something. It's like four or five square miles. It's crazy. It takes up a massive amount of space. And all right, so I should say that actually, technically speaking, with the pro- with this land that is given out to the state, which my taxpayer money pays for, um, <laughs> there is a, so, trust, telling me trespassing on an area that's inactive, I, I, no, I, anyways, um, there is a juvenile hall on the far, I want to say, west side of it. And then it connects to Lake Chauncey technically. Like, if you go on to Lake Chauncey and look across in Westboro, Mass., you can see the Juvenile Hall, I believe, actually, if you look really far off. And because it's this open field, kind of, it's weird. Um, And then the building that you would see across Lake Chauncey is actually abandoned. And that's part of the actual Westboro State Hospital mental facility that existed up until about, I think, like, the 80s. Yeah, um... (laughs) Massachusetts has a really rich history of that. Yeah, um, I'm gonna digress for a second. Uh, the Fernald School. The Fernald School in, um was it Malden or it was like somewhere a little North of Boston it was in between Dan, it was not Danvers because Danvers also has a really bad state state mental hospital. All of these mental hospitals were like doing weird eugenic stuff like early in the 1910s. And it like, they were like, it was all, um, one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Imagine one flew over the cuckoo's nest. If you've ever seen that movie, but like, it's not, they didn't go, they didn't end up going out on a boat. That, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> what ended up happening was that they all got lobotomies. Like, yeah. Like <laughs> oh, hey, you know what's funny? Freaking one of the Kennedys got a lobotomy. Because you know why? Because she was an infomaniac. Yeah, look it up. 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 Um, I swear to God, I believe it was like JFK's sister. JFK's sister got a... They... they Her... her their, their, their father fucking, you know, like the guy that was grooming all of them to become fucking senators and shit. was like, I can't have a fucking nymphomaniac in my family. And like, and fucking straight up Lepotomized her. And you know, what's craziest is that that's why the special Olympics exists. Look it up again. The special Olympics was founded by a Kennedy. It was founded by her brother because he was like, Oh my God. Woo! 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 Alright, um... Hmm. On to the urban exploring story of Westboro State Hospital. (laughs) So when you pull up there, you know, uh... Well... Let me let me let me I, you know what I have the freedom to talk about this now because I know this place is getting torn down. Do not go there now because this place is getting fucking a bulldozer over it like the entire like you can't go there anymore. It's a massive place, but they're fucking wrecking it. And they just want to level it and they wanna fill in the tunnels. So yeah, but um I'm not gonna tell you how to get in there. All I'm gonna say is is this is that you get up and when you enter the door, you have to know which way to get into. And I'm not going to tell you that. Because uh, you, you're going to get caught. So have fun. You know what? That's what I'm saying. Like that's my – this is my, um, you know, legal defense here. I'm not telling you how to get into this fucking place. Like because you're going to get caught if you don't know how to get into it. So anyways, uh, you walk up to the door and once you find a way in – the, the way in actually, I don't even, I, I would not go there now because they're tearing it down. Don't go there now. Cause it's full of asbestos. And like, if they're fucking even having a wrecking ball anywhere around that place, you're going to fucking be in an asbestos cloud. So yeah. Um, <laughs> so when I went there, um, you go in through the right door and you go down into the tunnels. And that's how you navigate your way around this place. Through dark tunnels and pop your way up like a gopher into different freaking buildings. And doesn't that seem a little peculiar? You know, like it's very, it's, it's very strange. And these tunnels were not like walking tunnels. They looked like janitor tunnels. Like, they were like, they still had the pipes and everything else, and even the wiring and stuff. Like, nothing was even stripped out of these tunnels. So we're just, well, you know, like, everything, people walked through and took things, you know, but I wouldn't, because everything's covered in asbestos. But, like, I'm walking in with clothes I'm willing to throw away, duct taped with a fucking respirator and stuff. Um, You know, you pull it out right before you walk in through the door, you know, kind of like almost like a video game. And, um, like you, you put on your equipment, (laughs) yeah, um, yeah, so, um, armor or whatever. Yeah, so we're walking through and, you know, a whole, there's actually a better story to say about this, um, the whole point that I'm trying to make here. Is that it's a massive, massive, massive complex with like dormitories and and medical facilities and all these other weird things and like and now it's it, even when I went it was like pretty much stripped out and you know like I said I went in with a freaking respirator and like oh I went in with one of those like dust mass things. I probably so wasn't too protected because at one point there were several points where you're walking, you're like, holy shit. Is that just a pile of asbestos right there? And like, and like there was there, I've seen piles of fucking asbestos and I'm like, Whoa. I am I'm like, I'm kind of like half glad that I did take the precautions that I took to walk into this place. But I'm like also like horrified at the same time. So we're like, all right, we have to find a way around this room and like also too, we see like footprints and shit like in like I'm like, oh my god, people have fucking walked just walked right through that shit. Somebody I bet you somebody didn't even know and they're just like oh. <laughs> laying on a pile of asbestos because they're fucking urban exploring and retarded. Like anyway, sorry. I use that word I use that word making the premise of this freaking section right now talking about how horrible they treated people with mental illnesses or what they claimed were in Massachusetts. During the early 1910s. Up until like actually like the 50s and 60s. So yeah. Why were there underground tunnels? Why were all of the... Why did they have the net... Why couldn't... Why did they have to pay? Like why... why, There's these tunnels connected across to the buildings in ways that seemed very odd. And it's like... So... I'm going to get to a specific point of this. Then me and Jay... One time, me, uh, Jay hit me up. He's like, hey, you want to go to another building that's like... And I'm like, oh, I'm like I, I, at, the, at the the, hospital, you know. And I'm like, oh, oh, at the hospital grounds? He's like, yeah. I'm like, uh... I'm like, not really because of the asbestos thing. I'm like, literally, I'm like, um, you know, I don't feel like going back there again right now unless I'm like really super prepped up or something. I don't feel like doing that today. He's like, oh, no, don't worry. It's not actually like a... It's a place that doesn't seem to have any of that. I'm like, all right, all right. I'm still going to like, you know, I'm still going to duct tape legs and legs and bring pants I don't care about, but still like anyways, and, in, um, you know, face mask of some sort. So we go in though. It's pretty clean. I walk in and, um, this place is about a mile and a half, two miles away from, um, the main building complex. It's, it's not even connected. You would consider it like something separate. Um, I'm not gonna say the name of it. I'm not gonna say where it is. But anyways, um, we walk in, and it's a it's a big giant boiler. There's this massive boiler. It's about 20 feet tall. It I've never seen anything like it in my life. And I'm like, what the fuck is this thing? And he's like. Ah. I don't know, it's a boiler, I like, it looks like a boiler, yeah, I'm like, oh, what, I'm like, what is this, like, a fucking nuclear bomb, I'm like, <laughs> he's like, I don't know, I'm like, you got a Geiger counter, I'm like, no, I'm like, I don't know what the fuck it is, I'm like, this looks like a boiler, kind of, it looked very steampunky, so I'm like, oh, all right, um, it's a boiler, we walk around, there's like, it was very strange, because we couldn't tell what it really was at first. There was like an office at the front. It was kind of like an office thing off to the side of this big massive boiler. And then like you go up the stairs and the boiler is basically in a main foyer. If you know what a a foyer is. Um, I guess the best way I can describe a foyer is in my – I made an episode about Panopticon. And yeah, so the Panopticon is a prison system where it has a um, watchtower in the center and then cells um, located 360 around, um, a foyer is very similar, but a foyer is, um, the same, but a half, a half arch. So it's like, and, and I'm sure you've probably been in many high schools that have that type of design minus the watchtower where it's just like a wall or something. And, but it's all, it's like three layered, a three layered, um, concourse type of thing you know or like you know like a balcony three layered balcony with staircases going down towards the center um and so now place the boiler in the center of this so the um you go up to the second floor and it was like a classroom it was really weird it's like desks and stuff and like a freaking chalkboard and i'm like I'm like, all right, like, what the hell, and then you go up to the third, and it's all bunks, and it's, like, a, it bunks spread across, like, probably 50 people, 50, 60 people, I'm like, what the hell, <laughs> so, like, we go back down, and I'm like, I'm like, dude, what is this place, he's like, that's why I brought you, I'm trying to have to figure out what this place is, I'm like, okay, um, so, it's just me and him, me and Jay, so, I'm like, alright, let's look through, like, some of the, let's, like, look through some of the books. Let's, like, because there's books and papers and stuff. We're like, let's look through some of this stuff. So, we're looking through them. And, basically, what we surmised was that, it or figured out, was that, um, I believe it was a build. It was a power plant for the Army Corps of Engineers to, it was a training facility. It was, like, some sort of college thing. It was, like, a training, like, outs out of college electricians or something that wanted to enter the military were training there um as in the army corps of engineers and like and because we kept finding all these like weird official documents are almost like what the fuck dude like <laughs> um yeah it's like some sort of army corps engineers thing where it was a power plant that like they were they were running like and it was a seemed very cold war-esque you know like very like Weird, like nineteen fifties, nineteen sixties, like Cold War esque, and I'm like, what the fuck is? This? It's crazy, and like so. um The kicker is, is this: so we get, we're about to leave, and when we're about to leave, Jay, he's like I said, he's sees into this stuff, and he's like, hey, like you know, he has like three, four flashlights on him, and he's like, hey, take two of the flashlights, I'm gonna take two of the flashlights. It's like I'm going into this tunnel, and. Right when he says that, I'm like, Oh shit. I'm like, I didn't even realize it was a tunnel. I thought it was just kinda like a like a fucking closet or something. Or like it just I just saw blackness that ended, and he's like, I'm going into this tunnel and I'm like, Oh fuck. And it was this weird like waterway kind of sewer tunnel. But then like I even walked to the to the point where like it stopped being that and it was just like cement. And I'm like, What the fuck? And like and so I'm standing there. And I'm shining one flashlight towards the exit, and I'm shining another flashlight towards him. And Jay's, um, Jay's like, I'm just going to keep walking. So I'm like, all right. So I'm like, you shine, you do the same. You shine a flashlight forward and a shine light flashlight backwards so I can see you walking down this tunnel. And he just keeps going. He's just like, he walks, he walks, he walks, he walks. I'm yelling out to him, like, yo! I'm like, yo! And I'm like, yo. He just like I almost lose the light of his flashlight. I mean this is like an LED light. I almost lose the light of it because of the dust and all the stuff that was in the air. I could not see like the light really anymore. He's so far down it and he's just echoing. I could hear like the echo reverberate all the way back to me. And then like I'm reverberating it back to him. I'm like, what the fuck? So like he comes back eventually. We and we get back to the car because I'm like, alright, dude, that was fucked. And like we get we get out of there. So, like, we get back to the car, I'm like, yo, man, and also drive out of there, because the whole area is just an odd area, everything's, like, half condemned, and it's, like, half condemned from the freaking 1970s and stuff, so, like, um, drive out of there, I'm like, yo, man, what the hell, how long did that tunnel go, like, because he didn't take any turn, it was just a straight shot, I'm like, how far did you, were you walking, he's like, uh, I don't know, man, it seemed like a half mile or something, like, it kind of did. I'm like, you... Yeah, it was at least, like, more than 3,000 feet. Like, you walked very far straight. And he's like, I don't know. I just kept going. I mean, I didn't stop, and I wasn't able... You told me to turn around. I'm like, holy fuck, man. Like, so, what we did was we went on Google Earth to a line from exactly where that tunnel was. Me and him were both looking. I'm like, yep, all right. You think that, that that's the direction it was heading in? Yep, all right. You walked that distance? Yep. Straight shot to Westboro State Hospital. Straight shot. There is an underground tunnel, which I have walked, that runs from a Army Corps of Engineers freaking boiler room power plant to a state hospital that is notorious for eugenics. Mm. Mm. And all masked under uh, the Cold War shit. Mmm! Mm-hmm. <laughs> Time to end my podcast Because that's really saucy Hey, don't worry, don't be afraid Ever, because We kill the people <laughs> Shut, Shut him up. up We have a lot invested in this ride Shut him up Look at my furrows of worry Look at my big bank account No rush My superpower is being honest i hate you. Please squad. We've turned every cell phone and dot into a microphone. And a high frequency generator receiver. It's not about fool. It's about keeping those hands in line. When you hear the crunch, you're there. <laughs> so basically, um what I was thinking of was um oh fuck. I can't believe you've done that. That would be a bad thing, don't do that.